0: And with that being said, we're going to open it up to the open mic. Um, If there's anybody who wants to weigh in on the Twitter spaces, and I've just resigned to just continuing to call it Twitter spaces because um, that's what I want to do. Um, So if there's anybody who wants to uh, have any questions, uh, any comments, any concerns with what the content was that we presented tonight, that's cool. If not, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a couple of plugs and if uh, we don't have a call-in section tonight, we don't have a call-in section tonight. I understand that there's a lot to digest. But like I said, we're going to be making the contents of all of those FOIPS, uh available publicly sometime tomorrow. we got to figure out the Dropbox thing again. It's been a while since we did this. So um, we're going to put all of it up there. And uh, we're doing so with the utmost respect for privacy and with the full confidence that all of those poor people in the stock photos that nobody will ever know. Who they were. Uh and we got Tammy in, so I'll save the plug for a sec. And we'll bring Tammy in as a speaker. Tammy, what's going on tonight?
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I listen to all of this stuff, especially the the oil and gas, the them the the Sorry I'm having a word problem tonight yep, You know my word cool. problems yep. The 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 crap That they put in the water and I mean they don't do it on purpose But let's face it I, it I used to work For a big corporation And the thing is Is that what we knew What we always knew Was things go wrong Things break <laughs> But the fact that things were broken for so long that they were leaking toxic crap into the water, and then I get into mm, discussions—I won't call it an argument—about how about how the oil sands is a good thing. And and the thing is is a lot of these people use this really disingenuous thing to say that the oil sands is like producing gas and diesel that can be used in vehicles. <laughs> well, it can technically, <laughs> but it takes so much effort. Yes for them to turn it into a, a usable as fuel, they don't. They use it for other things. Yeah. The, one of the major things they use it for is synthetic oil in your vehicle. They use it for the pavement on a lot of roads. They use it for... Things that aren't oil and gas, like not in your vehicle, you know, unless you count the synthetic oil, but it's not fuel. But there's so many people, like I literally got into a fight where I basically said, screw it, I can't, I can't even talk to you. And he showed up in a space with folks that... And and I kind of knew after the fact, but I get really engaged, and I get really angry. I knew he was basically baiting us. He found the space and he was coming in, and I wouldn't have been even surprised in the least if he wasn't one of the the bunch that work for the government. But I just and I get the issue where I can't talk and I can't type fast enough because he's—he's literally. You can tell that he literally had all the things that he wanted to say pre-typed, and he was basically cutting and pasting them. <laughs> well,
0: that's not fair. And
1: I just wanted to I just wanted to smack him. It's just, and I get so angry about this stuff because. You know, it's like, it's literally like these people don't care. Or they care about nothing but the money that's going to go in their pocket. And I'm like, don't, isn't there things that matter more to you?
0: I mean, the way that I kind of, I was thinking about this bill? today and watching, I mean, we saw, I think it was last night, uh Mark Van Hogenboss. Um, I'm, I'm so glad I still get to say his name. Uh, he he put out a tweet calling out Smith. I mean, his numbers. There's there's been a lot of speculation as to the costs of the COP 28 tour, but uh, his his numbers were uh, certainly up for debate. And but he was angry at Smith. And this is a guy who was part of Take Back Alberta who was very clear that one of the major goals of take back Alberta was to see Daniel Smith get elected as, as premier um, or elected as a UCP leader and then again as premier. And the, the the thing of it is, and this is this is what I find particularly fascinating is when it comes to uh, Daniel Smith, I've said it many times. Her ability to like absorb new information or information that's incongruent with her worldview is apparently quite limited because despite the fact that she was calling out uh, the Redford during the whole airplane thing um, and she's on Hansard, the official record of the legislature is as as by saying, "Ah, this is an abuse of taxpayers money and this is abuse of privilege and everything like that. Uh, she doesn't seem to learn that the thing that pisses Albertans off is when you show them that you get to have a thing that they don't get to have. And it blows Help. my mind that during an affordability crisis, heading into the holidays, no less, like what is it with the UCP and travel? Because they shoot themselves in the foot around Christmas for reasons that I just can't wrap my head around. But heading into the holiday season, when the affordability piece is at the forefront of so many people's minds, she goes, I'm going to take 40 folks from the government to Dubai on an exceedingly expensive trip, and I'm going to take my husband on an official trip. Which is, you know, like... uh, that's exactly the type of thing that pisses Albertans off. And she doesn't seem yep. to have incorporated that. And what I find particularly telling is there's been no response. This has been a major trending topic on uh, all kinds of social media platforms, the COP28 piece, uh, for, like, we're at the better part of three days, four days now, and we have not seen any kind of response from the government. We haven't seen anybody from Smith's office step up and say, us, it's the over-caffeinated leftists on Twitter, and... Um, the, of course, of course, Danielle's paying for her husband out of her pocket. It would be preposterous if she didn't. We haven't seen any of those responses.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: Uh,
1: I'm same, Maria. I watch for these things, and it's just nope. They don't say anything, and uh, I don't know. I'm so worried, and I'm and then for me, it's not just the the provincial government. When I start adding it to the federal government and PP, sorry, I have a hard time saying his name. It's a stroke thing, and I don't mind calling him PP. But um, I think you've got a good excuse. In- I've got a good excuse exactly. <laughs> um, I just I'm so. Afraid for anybody who isn't rich, who isn't who isn't going to be able to 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 make it. If Polyev gets in, oh look, I could say his name. There you go. If, if Polyev gets in, and and while Smith is in there, we are so. So,
0: so in trouble. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the reaction is from the base because, you know, um, like I said, the the fact that Marco is as angry as he is, um, that's really quite telling. Um,
1: yeah. Because uh, uh, Marco's on it, the same page
0: as
1: but here's my worry, right? How many years is it before another election? By the time we're in another election year, they will have forgotten. Albertans have a, a historically short memory span. Unless you're an NDP, then they'll they'll hold you to something forever, and it might not even be something you did. And they'll still blame you. But if you're a conservative of whatever stripe, they forget. They they forgive and forget almost instantaneously. So my thing is, is yes, right now they're angry as beep. But in three years, when it's I, election time again.
0: I wonder if for forget- three years, though. Because, like, I remember I, this is sticking to, I mean, I'm going to paraphrase. I had a conversation with somebody who's, who's very experienced in these matters, I'll say, um, just last night. And um, one of the challenges with Danny is that she's made of Teflon. And nothing is stuck. But this one is resonating with the conservative base in a way that's kind of reminiscent, like I said, of the whole Aloha Gate thing. And I really wonder yeah. whether or not it's going to cause her problems.
1: Well, it might cause her problems, but we'll still have the problem of a conservative government that will... up until the most will be in place for another three years.
0: Yeah, we're stuck with that. And I mean
1: is there is there anybody in that bunch that can take over from Danny, which yes, I'll be quite happy if she gets booted by the rest of them. But honestly, is there someone in there in that group of of crooks? Uh, I'll call a spade a spade And that bunch of
0: crooks That will Do any better I mean I don't know if Rebecca Schultz To me the, the heir apparent would be Rebecca Schultz And I don't know if Rebecca Schultz Is Would be quite as I mean she's certainly She's, she's quite fond of her, her rhetoric Um on the the feds but i think that when she's not having her statements written for her she would be slightly more even keeled but i don't know i mean you're you're not wrong the options are not great
1: Uh, and (laughs) i I mean pretty shallow isn't she the one that's isn't she the one that's now the the environment or the, the 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 one that's basically helping to get um the coal mining in place because somebody, somebody basically signaled to the Australians that they were still open for business if they wanted to try it again.
0: Yeah. There's been a lot of speculation on that, but there hasn't been like, again, this is one of those areas where I think that the, the, what do we actually know gets to be really important and this is why that, yeah. to me the, the FOIP that we received is so um, significant because um, that clearly demonstrates that they lied to me in my personal opinion and not as a statement of fact. so nobody get all suey um, but uh, in my opinion that establishes quite clearly that the UCP lied Um, Yeah, they lied about the report. They lied about when it was available. They lied about what it was commissioned when it was commissioned. And I think most importantly, I'm not convinced, speaking only for myself, I'm not convinced that there is compelling evidence that the final report that was delivered is reflective of the RFP. And that makes me wonder what other... Interim directions may or may not have been given.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, good gracious. Anything why can't we to just to... get a. Why can't we just. You know what? I look at it and I go, I would take a, a nice, calm Joe Clark kind of.
0: Oh, man. Make politics boring ferment. again, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would take totally take boring, even if it was conservative boring. Yep. I, I could take that at this point. Because at least they weren't out to screw all Albertans. Right? Totally agree. But these guys, they literally don't give a damn. We could all die. And they don't care. They literally do not care. Every one of us could just croak tomorrow, and aside from the fact that they wouldn't be getting taxes from us, <laughs> they still wouldn't really care because they're getting their money from big business.
0: I would care. bet, though, purely speculating here, I bet Danny would care, and I say I bet Danny would care because she needs her audience. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to throw out there,
1: Tommy? <sighs> No, no, you have a great night You as and, well uh, We'll talk again next week Probably
0: Alright <laughs> um, We've got one of the more prolific Twitter accounts on uh, The uh, Alberta Political scene I have no idea what their name is uh, I don't think that they're the real Alberta UCP I feel like there's some wordplay going on there But what's going on tonight?
2: Hi. Hey. Uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, can you hear me okay?
0: Yeah, I can hear you great. Can you hear me okay? All right. Are we going to do so, this, the phone thing? I don't,
2: can you hear me now? Yeah, I've gotten, there's like, I'm getting a little like, like uh, fractional set clips that I'm, I'm missing audio on. So, but if you can hear me fine, that's probably okay. Yep. Um, I don't, usually join these things to talk a lot because one of the things I wanted to do with my account was just be kind of low-key with personal stuff. Um, but I think that something that um, we... Something that I, I wanted to say, uh, when we talk about, like, like the, the last speaker who was just on, uh, Tammy, I think? Was it you,
0: Tammy? Yeah, it was Tammy. Um, when,
2: when, we talk, when, when we think about, like, what the the people who are in power are doing to screw over everybody Albertans is like we, you know we think of the working class right you know you have a job you have to work for that um, we think about that I, I think that we don't always think about who benefits from that screw from um, those times when we get screwed over and um I think it's in terms of really um Sort of figuring out and really like seeing what their what the, the overarching game plan is. I think that that um, it's helpful to have that sort of like, if not on the back, like at, at least on the back burner, so you can bring it to the front of mind when you're thinking about that. Um, I think that Daniel Smith is going to have this job until either she gets bored or until the people she really works for get tired of her. And the people she works for are literally just the richest people in the province. You look at her resume. You can go down through the list of who she worked for. You know her last job was what? She was working for the Alberta um, Enterprise Group, right? Yep. And who who are all them? You can look at that. It's a bunch of the richest people in the province. Who's not on there? She's not family. Who was she before that? Right? So you can go down the list and go through her resume. And you can see who she's worked for and how they're all connected. And those are all the people that are going to benefit from the stuff. Like, you know, you look at the Dynalife thing, that went on all through that. And I don't know all the numbers. I have not been able to follow things as closely in the last couple of years as I did in the first couple of years when I started paying attention. Um, but Dynalife is going to make a ton of money off of the way that they are um that the contract that they have is 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 ended right that's the the point of all this is to transfer to the people she's working for as much money as she can and that's going to keep them happy which means that she's going to get the job as long as she wants i have a tinfoil hat theory which i cannot prove (laughs) which is the reason why she's there's such a like it's not just that she went with a handful of folks to Dubai. It's that she went with a hundred people. Because if there had been a delegation of like a dozen people to Dubai, you know, it would be like, you know, what are you doing? It's a thing. But it wouldn't be the big stink that it is. The re- My tinfoil hat theory is the reason why there's a hundred people going is because they are treating it like a job fair.
0: Well, I think that another part of it is um, you know, when she says a delegation of a hundred plus people one of the things that's been identified is what you're talking about is there's a hundred plus people from the province of Alberta who went to this. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're talking about that, then, you know, how many of these people are actually coordinated with Smith and her, her government group? I mean, Dr. Joe, sorry, you're, you're really loud in the background there, man. Um, Dr. Joe Vipond is there. Oh, sorry. Um, he's, yeah, he would technically be part of the delegation from Alberta, but I feel pretty confident that, uh, he and Smith are not exchanging meeting notes.
2: Are, is, um, are environmental groups like that counted in the numbers that were cited that way
0: well, that's the problem is we don't know what the source of those numbers are. Like, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of speculation, but we don't know what the exact number is of people who attended COP28 from Alberta, and we don't know right. how that um, slip or how how that split is is worked. Because if you take a look at what's the the delegation from Alberta, by definition, that's all the people from Alberta, mm-hmm. and. You know, is that, you know, you think about the oil companies, you think about the oil and gas companies, you think about the CCS companies. Yeah, they're probably tr- traveling in the same or similar circles to Smith. But for Smith to say that she's leading a delegation of 100 Albertans, I strongly suspect, given uh, Danny's comfort with words, she took a look at how many people were going to be attending COP28 from Alberta and said, "Well, oh, Premier, I'm leading and, them. And
2: she counted, she counted Dr. Vipond, Which that I would love. That would actually be hilarious.
0: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping so, for.
2: But like, you know, what I would come back to is for um, that are like someone like Daniel Smith, who, who are basically the, you know, the up and up, the high profile conservative types their ambition to end their career is to land at one of the companies that they benefited from in some kind of high, um, um, some kind of prestigious titled role with limited actual physical work to do. So a good an example is Jason Kenny at Atco. Yeah. Right. So what, what Danielle is looking to do in the, like sh- at the end, is basically find a parachute like that. That's my control hat theory. I can't support that, um, but that's just my observation of what this is the pattern. Um, but really, when it comes down to folks who are talking about um, getting screwed over, whatever, it, it's, um, it's, it limits our effectiveness in terms of pushing back against that um, by forgetting who supports that party and the people that are in it because, um, that like, you know, when we talk about like, well, what if Daniel Smith has like, you know, a uh, scandal that takes her down. It's not going to happen until the people that she are, who has supported her so far decide. So when you see, um, when you see a story that is critical of Danielle Smith in a way, um, persist in from a, from a place like, like global news, which is owned by the Shaw family who she used to work for, then they're tired of her. If you see criticism of her, that is one story now. And then that, that scandal is gone the next day or the next week. They're fine. Right. So, if anything sticks, it's going to be because the people who own those news media companies are tired of her and want her to go. That's the only and that's an indication of how they feel how like the, the owners of that are going to feel about her because they're the ones who are kind of making that decision. Like she didn't come into this in a vacuum. She's working her resume for a very long time to make her rounds to all of these people. Like Marie Edwards, you know, like Daryl Katz, and all these other really, really rich people, to make sure that that they knew that she would serve them unquestionably and with their, all of her loyalty. You know, we got that arena that's coming that, you're, that you and me are paying for in Calgary. Like, there's no accent about that.
0: Yeah, no, no, I don't, I, I don't disagree with you there. The only thing I feel I'll highlight though um, so, um, is um, that. <laughs> I don't have any doubt that there's influence that's that's exerted inside of the, the bigger media companies, but I also think that there are individual reporters who do um, what they do in an amazing way at holding people to account. Um, and I know that he's been <clears throat> uh, not super visible lately, mm-hmm. but I look at somebody like safe Kaiser during the election who is with global um, or he was during the election. I don't know who mm-hmm. still is, but he did an amazing job <laughs> of holding Smith to task. I just got to acknowledge that. Otherwise I'll feel like a jerk. <laughs> um,
2: oh yeah. 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 This isn't, this isn't what, my comment is not against any individual reporters. There are some fantastic reporters even working within Post Media um, and are doing great stuff. Uh, Safe Kaiser has done some great stuff. And I think he was, I don't remember when he went from CBC to Global or whatever. Um, but yeah, I know he's another great reporter and it isn't about the individual reporters here because the, the editorial choices are, are the ones that are outside of their, of, um, outside of their power they write the paragraphs, but they don't make the titles and they don't choose where those titles go and what page figuratively. So if we're reading newspapers, um,
0: I mean, and when, that's when Staples uh, turns on her, that's when I'll be like, Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. St- staple, Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he, he's even, you know, at, at least someone like Rick Bell, you know, that there's a light on in there, even though he just, you know, is constantly, you know, giving back rubs to, to this group, but like staples is just hilarious. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Anything, else? any, any, that that's, that's really the only, that's the thing I wanted to sort of like highlight. Um, and, uh, that that's pretty much it. Um, and I think that like, we, uh, we're going to want to figure out how to organize in a way that's productive to change. And, that's something that I don't know how to do But, you know Figure that out one day
0: There you go I don't disagree with you, man um, And it's nice to to have at the very least A voice to put behind an account that I see Very, very often on the Alberta politics Twitter scene Often
2: Yeah, I've um, uh, Put More time in there than You know Anyway, we <laughs> don't have to go there.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. Thanks for having me on. All right, I'm going to bring in our, I suspect, last speaker, who might actually have a little bit of insight as to the 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 level of chicanery that uh, I'm going to ask him about the Fipe stuff because he's put himself in the in the the spaces. But uh, Christian, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing
3: well, Nate. Uh, how about yourself?
0: You know, I'll be honest with you, man. I was looking through the FOIP um, for the last couple of days, and I was just like, this is so lame sauce. I'm so disappointed. I, I cast such a wide net. I was certain that I was going to get more than just the the RFP and a PowerPoint deck because, like, I go back to when we, we did the whole LaGrange mask scandals and we got, like, reams of emails um, and almost exactly the same wording. And that's all we got. And then I saw the the last slide that had the the timeline that, to my knowledge, has never been made public before. And I was like, "Whoa, hold on a second here." Um, so I've been kind of tripping on that. Got a little bit of a head cold and a, a slight runny nose. So for anyone who's who's watching the the video side, it's it's just a little bit of runny nose. I'm not I don't have a coke habit or anything. Before somebody starts that rumor, but how are you doing, sir?
3: Oh no, not. But- Not doing too bad here. Just uh, listening away. And, uh, you know, I had to, you know, to chime in and say, you know, I've I've got some some good news for you and I've got some bad news for you. Which would you like first?
0: I mean, surprise me.
3: Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the the bad news first. So the bad news first is that your FOIP has managed to point out what I spent my entire second trying to do. And that was to point out When the UCP says something, then they go and do something else or say something else. And it's that consistent and persistent manner of constantly uh, butting heads with what they just said or did previously. The good news is, is your FOIP has showed the same thing.
0: (laughs) I mean, there we go. I'm glad I got to the party eventually. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 stunning to me, um, and this is where I'm going to ask you a couple a couple questions if you don't mind. Um, but it's stunning to me that the FOIP system has become so hollowed out that, like, I know how we got responses two years ago, three years ago, and I know how the process worked two years ago, three years ago, and the level of uh, obfuscation that's been going on lately is like, is this a joke? Like, are you? Is this a joke? Um, it's really quite, quite surprising to me, but I mean, here's the first question I want to ask you is let's say, let me rephrase it a different way. Um, have you ever heard of a government contract where the service has been, um, provided and then delivered and then a year and a half later, the government's gone back and said, please, sir, we'd like some more.
3: Well, that's not exactly a common thing. I mean, I, I think one of our one one of the the listeners here tonight pointed out how you know you well know, sometimes things go wrong. You know, sometimes things you know get delayed and they they don't quite go as planned. It kind of sounds like our LRT here in Edmonton, but you know, hey, it's running now. I know. Um, but um, you know, to to see that the report was done. And, you know, at this point in time, I, I have no way to, to be sure of this. So, again, it's, it's speculative rubbing here a little bit. My guess is they read the report, the initial one. They didn't like what they read. Probably went back and said, Can you sweeten this up a little bit towards our position and make it a little bit more palatable for us to be able to sell? Um, and, and I think that's why we're seeing some of these just absolutely wild figures. And, and, and again, you know, spending four years trying to point out what they say, what they do and, and nothing ever matching up. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the big fish story, right? Like how big was that fish really?
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's what's, what's surprising about it to me is um, that it, it, it so clearly, clearly, clearly makes the case that there's no transparency to be found in government here. Um, and it has gotten to the place where, like, I would think... He said naively, of course, that if the government had said, hey, we're going to spend public money, taxpayers money to do this RFP and to get somebody to write a report that's going to potentially influence the future of the province of Alberta. And I would argue the the nation of Canada. um, If they got the report and then said, oh, I don't like that. Uh, and then went back and said, hey, I need you to go back and, and redo this and make it, could you, could you polish this turd up a little bit here, please? Um, if they didn't do that, like if they, if they correspond to that effect, I would think that there would be extra billing. I would think that there would be estimates. I would think there'd be like, no government contractor is going to say, we would love to do this work for free for you. And we would love to try to polish the turd to the parameters that you've now given us. It just didn't happen that way. Yeah, no. And, and and I would agree.
3: Uh, you know, I think there's certainly some conversations probably going on, you know, behind the scenes, um, which, you know, quite honestly is, is not something that's, that's unfamiliar where a, a chief of staff will give somebody a call and say, Hey, you know, this situation, how you know, how can we make this a little bit better? That kind of stuff goes on all the time. Probably no different with this.
0: Yeah, to me, it's just it's it's a lesson in the loss of accountability because the whole point of the the the, the Freedom of Information Act program is to ensure that there is some accountability for for people. And I mean, I'm certainly I'm certainly dedicated to to keeping the folks that we have writing foips myself included. Um, foipin' away because every once in a while you get this little bit of like, oh, that's the timeline. Um, I bet they didn't mean to include that. But the fact that... Yeah, sometimes
3: you will get those little nuggets.
0: Well, that's how we caught the mask thing with LaGrange. Because we had a sense that there was some chicanery and we got a whack of emails. And... That's where it came out that, yeah, it looked very, very clearly that, that there had been direction to ensure that this company that was in LaGrange's constituency got a sweet, sweet piece of that government pie. Um, but again, like the, the, what's, what's so striking to me is, is the difference of the, like, there's not a single email included in that FOIB response. It's literally the RFP and that PowerPoint presentation. That's all the documentation that we got. It's wild to me.
3: Which is funny because I seem to remember during my first term being part of you know the NDP uh, government and how we got accused of doing everything uh, you know over the telephone.
0: Well, there's there's certainly been plenty of document. I think it was Charles Russell did a uh, an excellent series of stories where he talked about how the UCP had migrated to using off um, non taxpayer. Funded or accessible platforms and apps, like app and Gram, and all of that kind, of, and back to to do all of the communication so that it wasn't flippable. Um And that, to me, is again like it, that was a that was a big deal story. But at the same time, that's one of those things where it's you know when you have a group of elected officials who are supposed to be there to serve the people and they're deliberately going out of their way to not be held accountable for anything that they're doing. That's a, it's a pretty big warning flag.
3: I I would agree. I mean, uh, this is why uh, there's, you know, a perception out there that uh, all politicians, doesn't matter what level of government, they're all, uh, crooked, they're all on the take they they all lie, you know, insert whatever term you want to have there and and for the ones that really you know are trying their best to, to you know to work hard to be honest with people, you know, I always said to folks, you know, I'll be honest with you. Uh, the one caveat is I can't always guarantee you would have liked what you heard. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. And I'll let you know what my position is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the... the I'm going to ask you this other one before, before I let you go. Uh, what do you think about the whole, whole Dubai thing? I mean, the, the, the husband, that's the big question. Um, and and I'll, I'll do this as a two-parter. So what do you think about the whole... If um, Daniel Smith's husband did... Fly to Dubai and get all of the accommodations on the taxpayers' dime. Is that bad? And um, are you familiar of that happening in any other times? Um, talk about obviously.
3: <laughs> yeah, n- no. I, like I, I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I remember my time during government. We tried our best to be. I, I guess, as cheap as possible. And, and so there, you know, there was a bit of a directive. And, and I certainly, as, as sitting on a, as part of um, uh, CSG National, uh, I found myself down in the United States uh, a few times. Um, and, you know, I was said, you know, fine, if you you know, your spouse wants to accompany you, um, you're paying every single cent of what it would cost for that um but you know in terms of you know dragging dragging my spouse along um no, that was that was kind of discouraged because you know we had to be respectful of of those public dollars you know is this trip necessary I, I i mean you're going to a climate conference to not talk about the climate and how you've you know got a moratorium on renewables and and how you're um, going to um move forward in an in industry that I think the crowd there maybe is. Um, so you have to start wondering, you know, what's really good value for money. I, I you know, I don't know. Um, maybe there's fears there, um, but I got a feeling they're a little bit few and, and, and far between.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's to me, it's a, it's a vanity tour is, is at the end of the day, I would, I would, that's how I would sum it up because it strikes me as being very much, uh, again, um, fundamentally disconnected from yeah. the reality of what most Albertans are experiencing right now. But
3: yeah, I, you know, I mean, if you want to, you know, boot off a minister to maybe to go to this thing and, uh, you know, make a presence, you know, felt for, for Alberta, you know, then, then so be it. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I was down at the council of state government, you know, on behalf of Alberta a couple of times, it was myself and a government staffer and that was it. And, uh, you know, we did our best to try to talk to as many people as possible and talk about how great Alberta was and how many jobs, you know, are down in the U S because of business with Alberta. Um, you know, I think those kinds of things are, are reasonable, but, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, uh, I th- I think the premier needs to do a better job of reading the room and more than just on this file.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you 100. percent. Anything else you want to throw out there, man?
3: No, that was it.
0: Uh, just uh, yeah, I appreciate the, the the chance to chime in. Yeah, no, thank you, and I appreciate the the perspective. I mean. You, you you have a, a body of experience that I think the vast majority of people don't have exposure to. So um, I, I definitely appreciate the the, the context and the, the color, if you will.
3: Well, I always try to tell people, you know, rather than trying to have a you know an argument with somebody from coming from a, a you know different political positions, look at the position that they're trying to uh, support, and you know. See where the things don't add up, and you know maybe that's uh, you know I wasn't such a target in in the legislature because they knew I was right and it was better not off not to you know poke the bear.
0: <laughs> well, you know that's one of the the benefits that comes of of being right more often than not. I'm told.
3: <laughs> well, not that I was always right, but uh, you know I, I don't think I was too far off uh, most times when uh, I was describing their. Uh, their, their errors.
0: There we go. Awesome. Thank you so much, sir, and I hope that you hop on again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Alright. We're going to wrap it up there because um, we're coming kind of up to the two and a half hour mark, and that's a, a very, very long time. Uh, so, now for the the shameless plug part of the show. I already talked about it uh, earlier, but one of the reasons why we're able to do the FoIB requests and occasionally get a little a little bit lucky as we did tonight, the support that we get from our Patreon supporters, um... And so, first of all, big thanks to everybody who signed up to be one of our Patreon supporters there. But uh, if you appreciate the kind of content that we're trying to produce here, and if you want to see us continue to produce that kind of content, you can help us do that by signing up to be one of our Patreon supporters at www.patreon.com slash The Breakdown AB, where for as little as 5 bucks a month, uh, not only do you get early access to all of our interview episodes, but you also get the warm, fuzzy feeling that comes from knowing that you're helping us piss some powerful people off and that's a that's a a wonderful feeling i'm told um the other thing that i will plug as well is that the the christmas season is a coming and we do have our uh our fashion line i don't know i'm taking myself very seriously at the moment um where uh, you can go to get a little bit of Breakdown Swag. We have the beanies. We have the hoodies. Um, we also have the variety of, of T-shirts. Um, we've got the Keep the Conversation Going shirts. We've got the There's a Lot to Unpack Your shirts. And, of course, we also have the the Coffee Cup, which is my personal favorite. You can get all of these at abpoly.ca through our friends at abpolly. Um, they do all of the work so that we don't have to and we really appreciate that from them Uh, big thank you to everybody who showed up for the Twitter spaces tonight big thank you to everybody who was watching or listening uh, to the live stream Um, if you're listening to the audio version of this after the fact we'd love it if you uh, left us a a review Um, and if you're watching on the YouTube or the Facebook smash that subscribe button and the, the like button leave a comment We read them. Even the mean ones. Probably shouldn't. That's it for tonight. Um, I just want to say, have a great week, everybody. Um, We're going to be back next Sunday. We don't have an interview episode coming up this week, but we will be back next Sunday with another live show. And uh, Danny will be hitting her full PR stride, uh, allegedly at the cop 28 and we'll have all of the follow-up from that and so 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 much more i'm sure and we'll be back here unpacking all of that but in the meantime in the in between time take care of yourselves each other and as always keep the conversation going